0: Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here.
1: The mind is our most powerful tool, for better or worse. We've seen a great deal of both in recent times. And since we're clearly going through an evolutionary stage, how about if we begin to develop our superhuman mind? Carolyn Corey and I are going to be talking about the practical elements of how to use our mind to a much higher effect, such as healing of self and others, and much, much more. Uh, welcome Carolyn.
2: Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I think this is going to be fun because one of the things that I really truly believe, and you and I are on the same page, is that developing the ability to truly use our multidimensional mind takes care of the subject we're grappling with, which is how do we discern discern truth. Truth is elusive if we can't use our full mind for a lot of people and so that's just one of many ways we're gonna talk about using the mind today but for me that's a really big one right now when get, to get to the point where we can use our mind to the extent where we can't be lied to anymore
2: absolutely I agree cuz what happens is when you can discern the truth and you're free you don't need someone outside yourself to tell you what to believe in
1: exactly and we've seen what's happened to the world as of late and it's been a crisis in truth. I mean, there's a deficit of truth, and there are a lot of larger cycle reasons for it. But the reality is, it's a it's a real call and opportunity for us to rise to the occasion of learning how to find real centered truth and discernment in our lives. So Absolutely. that's my special desire. But meanwhile, l- we want everyone to get to know you a bit. So you've done some really wonderful things. You're you're quite skilled in some of these areas we'll be talking about, you've had experiences, so how did you get on this path of the deep study of mind over our material world? So
2: what happens um, when I was five years old, I had a first experience where I realized I could see the subtle energy, I could see beings, but I could also see what was wrong with someone if they're struggling with something, I could see what was going to happen to them the next day. Uh, I could see what was on the other side of the wall, things like that. And you know, I'm five years old, right? So I didn't think it was anything special. In fact, I thought all children did that. So I never talked about it. And because of that, I wanted to kind of understand what was happening, how do you tap into information you didn't know about beforehand and so that is how i got on the journey of consciousness the mechanics of consciousness what did my mind or my brain even have to do to get there right because the point is not just for me to be able to do that but to be able to share it Mm -hmm. and to potentially teach it or help others do the same thing Because I realized that a lot of information is on the other side of the veil, on the invisible side of the veil. And so it was crucial for our understanding of who we really are. And that's how I got into. So you must have started studying this at quite a young age. Yes, absolutely. But it was was more experiences that would happen to me. Mm -hmm. And then I would start asking the question, how can I do this again? Can I do this again? Or more importantly, did I make it up? Am I crazy? Like, how do I know this is the truth? Because I felt responsible. How do you tell someone, I think this is what's going to heal, you know, your migraine headaches or something if if you're not right? So I felt very responsible, and I wanted to really, really understand the mechanics of consciousness. It's really how consciousness works. And so I embarked on this 20-year journey. I've written books and taught and, you know, and also working with so many people. You learn from other people. And that's how I kind of started to understand vibration, you know, tapping into other realities and so on and so forth.
1: Thank you for sharing that personal <laughs> bit. But by the way, I mean, did your parents ultimately understand that you were able to see beyond the normal capacities? And did you ever blurt things out or say things to them that made you uh, made you stand out
2: and made them perhaps question you a little bit? To be honest, I never shared anything, you know, because I I wasn't sure what I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like all children did that, so, yeah. I wasn't so it really wasn't spe- worth mentioning. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and actually that was a good thing because if I had mentioned it to my parents probably they would have said, Stop that. Don't right. go there. You could There's have interfered. No, yeah. You don't have invisible friends, you know, stop talking to no yeah. one, you know. And so I'm in fact I'm very happy that I never shared anything. And if in Actually, it was the other way around. I went deeper into what was happening inside of my being to try to figure out how this could be possible, how I could, again, you know, Wishing do to
1: do it again, yeah. for example. Yeah. Consciously. Yeah.
2: Not just, like, because a lot of people have experiences, but it kind of happens to them. Right. They get some sort of download or some sort of, but they don't know how it happened. And so I wanted to know if I could replicate it consciously so that you know, others could be helped. Right. So that's how it all came together.
1: Yeah. So when you're talking about your invisible friends, yeah. who
2: were they? What were they like? And Actually, were they teachers of sorts or? Yeah. So what happened when I was five, the, this group of beings showed up. They're more of light beings. They're not like ETs or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And what happened was it felt that they were part of my lineage. It's almost like they were me on the other side. They're they're what Mm -hmm. I call my spirit family. Mm -hmm. And so what was really, really amazing in that experience is that I felt that I came to this side of the veil to continue the conversation. It's almost like that connection is never severed. Mm -hmm. And I could see how we were telepathically communicating. They showed me if you want... To maintain this connection, you have to ask for it.
1: Ah, and okay, and we'll get to that because that's yeah. a real key. Yeah. A lot of times people either don't know they're supposed to ask or don't think they're worthy of asking Absolutely. or don't think that there will be help on the way if they do ask.
2: Absolutely. Humanity
1: really suffers from a lack of self confidence you know, at large, and we tend not to ask for the help that we need that is very abundant and would be abundantly given.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, when we say asking, it's almost like we think we're asking for permission or something, but that's not what it is. It's actually about intention. Yes. You know, I see sometimes because I see the subtle energy, I see the beings around someone and the the beings want to help. But they're not going to help unless you ask. So it's like you have to put your intention and say, I want this help. I want this um, this connection to be real. And uh, that's when it really happens. So that was a key understanding for me because I realized that the intention, everything starts with the intention. Absolutely. And so eventually after doing all this work and teaching and facilitating, I started working with scientists and of course, many people have done experiences, experiments on to demonstrate how the mind affects matter. And so I started working with different scientists. The first one was, for example, Glenn Ryan. We worked on water and we started to do experiment to demonstrate how focusing my intention on water, if I could change the pH, for Mm -hmm. example, or focusing on a DNA sample, if we could change the molecular structure. Mm -hmm. And these experiments started to be so incredible that we kinda built on that and and, you know and they're validating.
1: Yeah. Basically is using science to validate what already exists.
2: You know, even when the healing happens to you you kind of know it happened, but you don't know how it happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it helps a lot to to understand the mechanics of it all. It almost validates, confirms, gives you the confidence to Absolutely. create the next thing.
1: Absolutely. So tell us about some more of the experiments that you ran with scientists that were documented.
2: Yeah. So. In the film, for example, I wanted to do different types of experiments to basically show the same thing, that consciousness is non-local and that it has a physical measurable effect on the physical world. So, like I said, we did uh, one with water, aware, of course, for those who understand a scientific setup, what we do is we create a baseline, which means we take measurements of the pH of water over a period of time, over and over and over, and then exactly at the time where we focus our intention and we ask for the pH to go up or down, Mm -hmm. it's exactly at that time where we see this measurement go up and Mm -hmm. down and then when you shift your focus elsewhere, it goes back to the baseline. Mm-hmm. That's how we know it was the intention. It wasn't random. And then, of course, we have to repeat it over and over. So we did that on film. Now, don't forget, we, you know, we're filming, so we have all these cameras, all this equipment. Which is
1: always very distracting.
2: Very distracting, and the electromagnetic, and then you have all people waiting around.
1: And that's so, what's really wonderful here, is that you captured it. Because a lot of times these things happen and they're observed, but they're not captured because people don't go through that extra process of having a film crew involved, which is a big hassle.
2: Exactly. And so, in fact, so what I had to do, you know, before we started, I'd had to kind of, you know, calm everybody and, mm-hmm. you know, and say, okay, now we, we need to have, we, we can't do it for over three days. This costs money, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so. so you had to line
1: up the experiments.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would take some time to really bring everyone's focus on the, just raising the vibration, letting go. And then we would uh, do this experiment live, on camera and then you see the measurement literally I mean the camera picks it up you see the computer and then it it starts to drop again it's really amazing so we did that with water we did that with DNA we also did the um, telekinesis moving Mm -hmm. objects you know and so um, in the movie we started out with just being able to focus on a piece of paper, trying to get it to rotate. So people would say, yeah, it's the air or it's the temperature, even when you put it under a glass container, you know, with your hands on it. So people will say, oh, it's the temperature that changes or the mm-hmm. air molecules or whatever. But then we took it a step further and then we did it long distance. So there is no temperature there right. is no electromagnetic right. i mean so and we had incredible effects moving uh, a physical object at a distance and we also tried it under vacuum now you know mm-hmm. under vacuum means there is no air molecule right. almost none you know we it was temperature controlled so because we went to that extent It's almost like you have to come out of it after you watch it thinking, this is real. I mean, that's what I'm hoping anyway.
1: Yes. I mean, you
2: went the extra distance
1: to prove that.
2: Yes. And what what I love about all this also is that I didn't want to be the only one who could do this because, of course, that's what I do, what I Mm -hmm. teach. But I wanted to show that anybody could do this. Mm -hmm. So I have different guests who would... Um, you know, that we would invite for the different segments and we would tell them, we would teach them, um, this one person, uh, one guest, um, actress we had, she had never done anything like this before. So we had a guest teacher and he taught her how to do telekinesis in two hours. Wow. And the thing was rotating like crazy. And also, we know it's it's a, it's a real effect, because the object, the paper, rotates in one direction. It stops. Then it turns in a different direction. Mm-hmm. It stops. Mm-hmm. So if it's... That's it's, not random. That's not random. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could tell. And what was so incredible on that day, when we were filming, she didn't know what she was doing. She was just like, I'm just going to try, you know? And so. At one point she said, you know, I'm just going to create a personal connection with this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So she started, she was very spontaneous, which was amazing. She started with two pieces of paper under um, a glass container. And so she started calling, giving them names, like I think it was Harriet and Juliet or something mm-hmm. funny like that. And what, what that did is created a personal connection mm-hmm. and kind of... N- no separation between her kind consciousness. of created an entanglement with the, the object exactly yeah. and exactly at that moment and then she kept talking to it and said you know I, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm just going to love you I just love you I'm just the minute she says the word love yeah that thing was rotating like crazy and it had interesting. been interesting and it had been still like the entire time
1: interesting so it was it was the feeling and excitement and and motivation of love not her Instructing it to move a certain direction. Exactly. That's beautiful.
2: Yeah, exactly So of course she had to direct her intention like she wanted the piece of paper to move Mm -hmm. But it was her passion and Mm -hmm. also a little bit not knowing what to do with you know Like it was her first time and Mm -hmm. she said I'm just gonna give this energy that did it and what's also beautiful, when we were filming, you know, the crew was witnessing, mm-hmm. and this girl, she had never done it before, and now she, so after the filming, uh, the, we literally had six cameras all around, there's cables everywhere, lighting, all kinds of things, and so after, the fact that she could do it under those conditions, the crew was blown away, and in fact, they started saying, wait, can I do it? Can I try it? And that's exactly the result that I wanted. I wanted people to look at this as Mm -hmm. an example and be empowered and Mm -hmm. say, I just want to try it. Maybe it's just a game. But that gives you the confidence that you are capable of manifesting something physically yes it's no longer in your head yes it's like you can see it yeah you
1: know? oh that's so, wonderful yeah. well uh,
2: on behalf of everyone
1: thank you for doing those experiments and capturing them yes. in the film I love that also another thing you talk about is um, being able this is just kind of moving through some of the tests you do and uh, the methods you use and so forth uh, being able to see while blindfolded
2: yes.
1: yes yes so let's talk about that a bit
2: that was insane. So I found those children in the U.K. about, I think, about four years ago. And I thought... So it was a group
1: of children that had been known to do this? or Yes. 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 Okay. It, 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 so who was, was someone working with them in yes. experiments already? Yes, yes,
2: yes. yes. It's okay. not an experiment. It, it was a school. It was a lady that's teaching them. Yeah. So I thought if that is true, this would be the ultimate validation that we can create beyond our physical physical body. And so I went to see them. And so I literally, I mean, worked with them and I tried it myself and I could see there's nothing fake. Mm -hmm. They weren't cheating. The kind of things that they were doing is not just reading because people say, oh, they memorize the text. You know, people who are skeptical are Mm -hmm. always going to try to find something. None of that is true because I would take a piece of paper, and I would write something on it, so they had no idea. Mm -hmm. I would pick up a card. They didn't know what card I was... And they could see everything. They would play ball outside. I mean, all kinds of games. Blindfolded? Completely blindfolded. So then I said, this is really, really important, what we're tapping into here. So I started to, to... I said, wait, if we can train ourselves to see without our eyes... Isn't this, could this be helping the blind, you know? And so I started to investigate other groups to see who was doing what. And sure enough, I found a group in Romania, um, uh, Russia, Utah. Yeah, all kinds of places. Now, they all do different techniques, Um, and they also they think the methodology works differently. Some of them think it's the pineal gland that's Mm -hmm. doing something, others Mm -hmm. think it's a Mm midbrain part of the brain or what have you. So I think they they have their own theory as to how it's working and the method is different, but the the result is the same. So one of the groups, the Russian group, had even um, decided to Again, validated scientifically. Mm -hmm. So they work with scientists from Italy, from the University of Bari in Italy. And what they've done is they had somebody completely blindfolded and they had a measuring tool inside the mask to see how much light was actually inside the mask. Mm -hmm. And they could literally measure. I mean, it went down to pretty much, not pretty much, to actually zero, zero light photon inside the mask, mm-hmm. meaning there was no light whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, and the person uh, would be reading everything. They could read everything on the computer. What was also interesting is they did the, um, you know, the EEG at mm-hmm. the same time. Oh, what did it show? So it showed that it, it's as if the brain was behaving, the occipital uh, brain, uh, part of the brain was being activated and Functioning as if someone was actually reading. Mm -hmm. So, how is it Mm -hmm. possible that you can read perfectly and yet your eyes have zero? Because we know uh, the way we see is the light is reflected on an object and that's how we see. We see because of light. So, with no light,
1: but that's with our physical eyes. Exactly. And so if you have the intention to see and you're moving in a quantum way, then it's interesting that the occipital was still involved to interpret the data, even though the eyes weren't involved. So you're traveling to the source to be able to read, quote, read um, something beyond your field of vision. But it's still being processed through the
2: occipital. Yeah, but not necessarily. I think we've done other experiment where it it wasn't the case. Oh, okay, so that's was, what I was wondering because
1: yeah. that I find interesting why that would even engage or be necessary. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, so, but, but my point is though the brain was active as if you were reading. consciously reading. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And fascinating. Yeah. And I think um, I think it's in the in the movie you can see the pupils also were very dilated, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meaning there was no light. So the Mm -hmm. eyes were dilated and then, and yet the brain was behaving as if there was light. So I think that's what the, what the results meant that, you know, so, so, I, th- I thought this was that, was,
1: that is fascinating. Yeah. I'm just now. I'm I'm just rolling it over in my mind, thinking about it, feeling it more than anything. When we're reading, it's a very specific kind of engagement, digital engagement with the brain. Yeah, it's not a holistic experience. It's digital. Yes, um, reading black symbols on white paper, and so. The engagement with the brain, it, maybe it does stimulate the kind of that same area because of the nature of having to interpret
0: digital data.
2: Exactly, because you're reading, but you're also interpreting. You're interpreting, yeah. It. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Exactly. That's
0: fascinating. So fascinating. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth why
2: in the media today they still seem to hold back on these incredible stories
0: behind an unknown universe where science and spirituality all come together gaia.com content you can't find anywhere else for more information visit gaia okay so
1: let, um, let's go back toward the beginning of the conversation you yeah. we were talking about ph yeah. and i started thinking Well, then, if we can talk to pH in a flask, a laboratory flask, uh, we can talk to the pH levels in the fluids in our own body. And for example, a lot of inflammation, a lot of illness comes from having, uh, for example, too acidic, oftentimes too acidic uh, a system. And the blood only operates in a small spectrum of variants, but if it is often too acidic, you can have a lot of chronic illness, and, and cancers can develop and all that. Can we then use the notion of working with our minds to direct our own physical pH.
2: Well, that's that's the reason why I picked this specific experiment to mm-hmm. put it in the film, because of our understanding that the pH has a lot to do with physical illness. Yes. And rebalancing this uh, chemistry mm-hmm. in the body has a lot to do with healing and so that's exactly what you said is if we are able to do it in a glass you know that's outside mm-hmm. of our we are what seventy percent eighty percent who knows you know, yeah,
1: water water
2: <laughs> so if we do it on a glass of water why couldn't we do it on our body that's precisely the reason and in fact I tried doing that myself, so and I encourage people. We don't think that way. We're not trained that way. We don't. That's not our reflex. When we have a stomach ache, we go out and maybe drink uh, a bottle of you know nine plus pH or something we bought at the store at like ten dollars, you know. Right. But. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that people will start to kind of gravitate towards a, you know, a spontaneous reaction with, wait, let me just try it. If it doesn't work, nothing's going to happen. You know, don't forget your mind is free, you know. Mm -hmm. So, All you have to do is just try, give it a try. And so sometimes I would focus on my stomach, and I would say, I'm not really sure if it needs to go up or down, because some people would say, wait, like how how do I know? But the body has
1: its own intelligence and knowing.
2: Exactly. So if you don't know, Mm -hmm. just tell it. Mm -hmm. Just tell it. I'm not sure, but I'm working on the pH, and I want you, and you'd be amazed. I'm sure you know. Uh, how quickly you respond. If you just, uh, the body responds, if you just allow it and you trust and you just set your intention, that is what you want. And you do it over and over and over. And before you know it, you kind of take control of what's happening in your body. And and I really hope that people will, um, will start doing that.
1: I think it's really important to have that tool in our toolbox for ourselves and each other. These are some notes I had here. Let's talk about the influences that happen outside of our own um, creation, Mm. such as 5G, chemtrails. Big one now in these years is vaccines. Digital signals, which are carrying information. And this is something I really have spent a little more time thinking about recently. Let's just start there because I've been thinking about it. (laughs) And that is... Digital signals. So we have digital signals carrying data and information. But what they don't ever talk about is the quality of the information Mm. that it's carrying, which is generally quite low. The quality of the millions of conversations happening digitally at one time, everything passing through us. We, We know that. We know these signals are everywhere. They're ubiquitous. They're passing through us. But the quality of the thoughts and the words and the content that comprises these conversations is not usually sublime. Yes. So we're getting the signal itself, but we're getting low energy information passing on that field through us as well. And just, I'd just love to have some of your thoughts on that.
2: Yes, yeah, sometimes it is so overwhelming. I know when I'm in Los Angeles, I feel yeah. I am being bombarded yeah with frequencies from all over the place, it is so chaotic. So yes. it's happening a hundred percent all the time. And at times even more, and I feel like somebody's amping up <laughs> the signals or something because yeah. some days it's really, really bad. Yeah. And so because of that, um, and also even again, when you become sensitive, as you know, mm-hmm. you, you feel them. And so, you know, you can protect yourself and do all kinds of create a protective shield and things like that. Yeah. But the idea, I think, is, I wonder if you're asking more about discernment uh, or... Uh, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I think we need to be aware because we're part
1: of the creation of that content. And just simply to have an awareness that the things we're saying to one another that we're projecting through mm. media, through yes. our writing, through our platforms yes. that turn digital, is affecting us and everybody else as well. We are connected this way. Yes, absolutely. And it... And we're not looking at, for the most part, at what's being exchanged through these signals as enlightened, for the most part. It's not enlightened enlightened thought or dialogue. Um, It's not even necessarily, no one even thinks in terms of anyone else being affected or even themselves. It's not necessarily uh, generous or kind even. It's just kind of raw data off a lot of it, just functional by nature, which is fine. You have to have that. But I think what I'm trying to say is what we're putting in, from our heads out of our mouths and fingertips are affecting us on levels that we're not understanding being carried by technology.
2: I totally agree. And I think it's gotten a lot worse in uh, yes, the last year. Yes, because people year. have
1: been more chaotic, more angry, more divided, and we have a continued increase, including installation of 5G, which you can get on, to here.
2: We are being bombarded with all these electromagnetic signals, but I think... Uh, the idea is to become aware, because what happens is that most people are not aware, so they feel uh, this i want to call it attack honestly, because i sometimes I literally feel i 'm being attacked or mm-hmm. bombarded with this information. Well, you're so sensitive. and yeah and we are yeah yeah, and so but the problem is most people are not, and so what the danger with that is they feel bad but they don't know why and so the the first the reaction is the reflex is oh i don't feel good what's wrong with me how come i'm so anxious all of a sudden i'm so confused and so they think it's them and so that adds i think to the problem because then you're worried about you know you think you're the problem or you have a problem. And so I think going back to what you're saying, so important, the discernment. Is it me? Is it the collective? Exactly. Is it both? Because if you can discern that, wait, I woke up, I was totally fine. and All of a sudden I had this anxiety and all this thing happening. If I can discern that it is the collective, then I can quickly shift my perception, my perspective, create a shield and begin to offset Yes. As opposed to adding to the problem.
1: So this is the shielding. That's where shielding does come in.
2: Yes. So tell us about your preferred shielding.
1: (laughs) Everybody has their own version. Tell us yours.
2: Well, basically, when I, especially nowadays, you know, when I wake up in the morning, uh, the first thing I do is I just create a bubble around me and I just call it source energy that is actually the energy of the beings that came to me when i was 5 and so i'm that signature you know going back to it and being so familiar with it my whole life i kind of go can can grab it you know, right there. So I bring it all around my my being and my body, and I say, I ask for protection and safety throughout my day, and I ask to remain in this shield no matter where I go, what I do, and I visualize myself. And if I have to go somewhere, let's say I have to go on a trip, you know, and so I keep this, this visual, this bubble around me, and then I literally visualize myself going through the entire... Um, T- um, tra- uh, trip mm-hmm. and f- getting to my destination in with the shield on. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you'd be surprised. Sometimes, you know, I like in between. There's a point where it's kind of it's harder to keep. So I know at that point there's going to be some more interference. So I ask for additional or I ask for an alternative. Well, maybe I don't go at three o'clock to that appointment or I change it or something like that. So it's, I find it very, very useful. That's
1: good. Well, and you're a diligent person, you're a disciplined person. I mean, you have taken the time to really put protocols together, a whole course of study together. Um, On the other hand, I am so unconscious and lazy uh, (laughs) in so many ways about this stuff. And I think it's because I have always kind of, I just felt that I'm so well taken care of. Mm. Um, who my soul family, my guides, um, they know how I think that I'm beyond spontaneous. It's like, here, oh, you have (laughs) a shiny thing. Oh, the laser's going there. Okay, I'll I'll study that for a while. I'll do this today. And I don't have habits, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I'm not habitual. So I feel like in my, just in case there are other people like me out there, (laughs) that my beings that look after me and help me upon request and such are really good at just kind of like throwing that protection up around me in spite of me all the time. I just trip through things and feel like, like in life I'm missing potholes all the time and don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> and that can happen because our guides are just amazing beings. And they look at the they look at the kind of caliber of our willingness to engage, our levels of knowledge or discipline and they help us adjust accordingly. They help adjust for us accordingly.
2: Uh, Like you said, many people don't have that discipline, but I I still think, and even though you know. I think it's
1: great to do. I do it on occasion, by the way. Yeah. I do do it if it's something really important. The rest of the time, I just kind of let it out, go through life. No, it's good.
2: And, and you know your guides are taking care of you. You know you're protected. We have a, good
1: rela- a very yeah. close relationship. Yeah.
2: But I still feel it's important. And you, you don't have to make it so complicated, you know, right. sit and meditate for an hour. That's the reason why before I get out of bed, I mean, it's literally just like throw up five your bubble, minutes. like putting exactly. your clothes
1: on. Exactly. It's like yeah. a
2: five-minute thing, yeah. you know. And just by visualizing and thinking it and saying, this is my intention for the day. So i don't have to constantly you know do yes. that and then before i go to sleep that's another very important thing is i do the same thing before going to sleep i put the bubble mm-hmm. and i say you know if you've been to costco or best buy or something yeah. i'm sure you picked up a yeah, few absolutely. beings or <laughs> something that latched onto you so same thing i call that energetic hygiene so mm-hmm. you just flush it out of your system if you're not sure again if you can't discern just say, whatever I picked up without me even knowing, I'm flushing it out of my energy field of my body. Put yourself in this bubble and stay in the bubble through the night, because at night is also where I see a lot of stuff happen. You go out of body and a lot of interfering, speaking of digital signals, yes. messing with your dreams, messing with, messing with your brain. I don't know if you noticed, but recently, I've never had a sleeping problem Now, every person I know has some sort of sleeping problem. Mm -hmm. And you can't go to sleep. You wake up too early or Mm -hmm. you don't sleep well. Mm -hmm. And so I think those digital signals are getting so strong. I agree. Especially during the sleep time. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason why I think, uh, you know, you do that bubble thing again. That's a good idea. Before you go to sleep. And Mm -hmm. you intend to try to sleep soundly, but also to stay protected specifically during your sleep.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Thank you for that. Now we'll get into something a little more esoteric, and that has to do with some of the extraterrestrial kind of lineages mm. that we may be part of and also influences mm. in, and how this affects our consciousness and mass and individually.
2: The biggest lesson that I got from this experience when I was five years old was that those beings were my lineage. And it sounds... Simple, but when you have that experience, it is so incredibly powerful because you start to realize, first of all, that you aren't just this body, of course, but then you tap into this entire lineage of consciousness that is universal right so you kind of see the entire potential that you came from and you understand you more Mm -hmm. and I realized that uh, like I said I was on this side of the veil as part of them and that connection is never severed and, uh, and you still have to ask you still have to ask for it because the communication that comes to you these downloads this guidance this higher guidance is all coming technically, or should be coming from your own uh, divine lineage. Mm -hmm. And so this has a lot to do with then understanding why you are here, what you're here to do. Why is this lineage necessary to take on a human form, to come and show up, uh, you know, in this body as a female, at this point in time in Earth's history? So that, to me, is crucial to what we... Awakening or the ascension and all these things we talk about because you start to say you start to identify with you on a much 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 bigger scale and understand your role. And so I realized then working with other people, well they aren't they weren't connected the way I was. So for example, I would talk to someone and then I would see their lineage and it was like the Pleiadians, for example. Somebody else was like the Arcturians. Others were from this little star very close to, to the, to Earth, so it's like a star-type being. Others were very, very far away from the universe. And each one had a very different signature, mm-hmm. is very, very different. So then you ask the question, so why aren't we all talking to the same people? Are we right, all, right. you know, I say, like, so. And so, finding out why each one is
1: here. Exactly. This is really critical to have that self-knowledge. And I do, the people I speak to as, about as my guides are actually my family exactly my, real, my original family yeah.
2: yeah exactly so I call them my spirit family yeah
1: they're my, my soul family yeah absolutely
2: and so I think because of course we're not trained we're not mm-hmm. taught any of that stuff so we don't think about it this way but those who are uh, receiving information mm-hmm. or tapping into extraterrestrial you know sometimes they think they're ETs just floating around like talking to them helping them guiding them but when you start to understand that it's part of your lineage it changes the whole dynamic, and like I said, it, something on a cellular level awakens within mm-hmm. you that moves you forward on your path to keep asking. So, what, what, what is my mission, and how do I proceed, Absolutely. and how do,
1: so important?
2: Yeah, and and then how do I share? How do I broadcast that lineage um, into the collective human consciousness, because what it does it,
1: take the influence of many different types. Of consciousness in beings from different universes, from different dimensions, or interdimensionals also that don't have that physicality. It doesn't matter. It takes all of that to create this beautiful web of consciousness and emerging knowledge on the planet.
2: Exactly. And that is how we are. Contributing Mm -hmm. to the human evolution. Yes. Yes. So, because we've never, you've never come in this particular package at this particular time, same with me, same with everyone. And so, we're all hybrids, so to speak. Mm -hmm. We have our human packaging just to function as a human, but we have that divine, galactic, or universal lineage at the same time. And every time I speak, every time I teach, every time I heal, every time I write a book, every time, whatever I brought broadcast, I am pouring into the collective consciousness both Mm -hmm. my lineages. Mm -hmm. And so, same with you, same with everyone. And so when we start to look at it from that perspective, we realize how important we are and how crucial we are to the evolution. We're moving forward, uh, the human evolution, in this way. And so we stop thinking, like, what is my purpose? What should I be doing? It's not about doing. It's more about being. Being, being that. Being that lineage. Absolutely. And so and emanating that lineage. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this understanding is so important, because then you start doing it consciously. Mm-hmm. And then your signal is that much more amplified, and your impact is that much more amplified.
1: I couldn't agree more. And thank you for bringing that up, because it's seldom brought up. <laughs> and um, walking around on the planet... Lifetime after lifetime with blindfolds on and not knowing what we're doing here, not knowing where we're from, not knowing what we we're here to contribute. Um, to me, that that's sad, and yeah. a lo- and a lot a lot of people are living with that blindfold on. And it's time to take it off. and And I know that what you do and your film will help awaken people, but also uh, the way you teach and the way some other people teach as well. Find what works for you, but to se- essentially set the intention. I want to know myself, Yes. show me myself and let yourself be start to have feelings or a sound or a vision or words. It doesn't really matter how it comes because each person is different. But to allow that to emerge from you, from your soul family to you, so important. So I'm assuming that's part of what you do.
2: Absolutely, helping
1: people connect with that. Absolutely, very important. So
2: uh, yeah, so um, so for me, uh, there's this meditation on my YouTube. Actually, it's called uh, "Remembering Who You Really Are." So through guided meditations, you kind of get to start to to, to experience mm-hmm. the human versus the divine lineage that's within you, and start to tapping into that signature. Uh, But also I teach this course called uh, Mastering the Human Mind, which is, again, starting to discern all these different types of energies uh, in your body, in the energy field and on the planet. But then all the way into the universe, Mm -hmm. just like I did with my meditation, just that discernment starts to kind of allow you to recognize you like, wait, uh, when I merge with the galaxy or with the star, I feel at home. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? No, Whereas yeah. somebody else doesn't really feel at home here, feels at home here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's through experiencing on a cellular level th- those different layers of reality, that's how you start to kind of recognize your own signature and your own mm-hmm. lineage. And so I think so I think people think, um, well, maybe it's hard, like how do I kind of make the connection, you know, that you have to have, um, do all this work and all this, or or for example, they are getting the guidance, like I was saying earlier, but are unclear about the method. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's just because we weren't trained. That's Mm -hmm. all. I don't think we should worry about, it doesn't matter. If you want to do it, like you were saying, the first thing is begin by saying, this is what I want. At this point in my life and my career on earth, I just want to be who I really am.
1: Right. It starts with that. And I then you can me. add on exactly. protocols, courses, whatever else you want to do.
2: Exactly.
1: And sometimes it just comes.
2: Exactly. You know?
1: Exactly. We only have a few minutes left, and I'd really like to talk about um, something. Back to my original passion, which is truth. Yes. Trying to unearth common truth, common mm. truth to all. You know, not subjective truth. Um, and we have had such a crisis on the planet as of late, and it has resulted as, a re- as, as it has resulted from group think and kind of group mesmerization, um, which is fulfilling something that's been missing in us that we would succumb to this group think at this time because it's common. It's really common. We've always done it through religions and other things, but right now it's at an epidemic level uh, in terms of the effects we're seeing on the planet. Can you talk to the whole notion of using the superhuman aspect of self? for discerning what we could consider more absolute truths, which often merge with virtues and other things.
2: Yeah, and on top of being told this is the truth, this is the truth, no, mm. don't believe him, that you know, the media this, yeah. the politicians that I mean not external. In addition yeah. to all of this, mm-hmm. we even have technology that fools you. Yes. You know, Indeed. To, to think to think that you're watching this person on video and you're not. Oh my you're God. <laughs> even just
1: the, even just the film Social Dilemma, one of the most yeah. important films yeah. of our times yeah. to see how your mind is manipulated yes. and how you're drawn in without your, a consent even. Yes. Just unconsciously drawn in. I, I everyone has to watch that. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, so it's a, definitely a massive problem and it's at a degree like we've never seen before and so more than ever before we need to have that level of discernment so that's the reason why i honestly uh, think that the film superhuman the invisible made visible mm-hmm. <laughs> is very timely because i think so too all we have yeah. when we are bombarded by this and this and this and that you know we ha- the good news is that we need to realize that we shouldn't be believing in any of this that's outside of us and bring the power back to us
1: absolutely
2: and that's what i'm hoping to do with the film because the film that's all it does yeah. is showing the power the effect of your mind, your intention, your consciousness on the physical world over and over and over through experiments. We, we didn't talk about it, but remote viewing, then the pH. And, We've, I, and
1: I've done a number yeah, of shows on yeah. remote viewing, so people know what it is, yeah, so that's yeah. okay.
2: So 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 in the film, we're showing over and over and over proof mm-hmm. that your mind, this is not this abstract thing that hopefully it's doing something somewhere in the ether. no, 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 no. Every time you think, every time you have an intention, you literally have a measurable effect on the physical world. And so that's the reason why I'm hoping the film will empower people to bring back the ability to find the truth by starting with empowering themselves with that intention. I am the one that's going to find the truth. I want to know my truth and to just basically stop bringing, you know, receiving the information from outside of you right. and bringing back the truth. Inner from within. authority,
1: yes. inner yes. authority. Yes. We've given it away. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> we know it's time to buy it back. <laughs> and again, like you said, very simply starting with that intention. But it also means some alterations sometimes in our life. It means not participating in certain kinds of activities, media, relationships even, yes. that are programming to the negative. It's time. We really have to be diligent now. Um, we've seen the dangers of going the other way and being complacent and lazy, can't do that anymore. Absolutely. So I so much appreciate the work you've done in the world. Now, where can people find the documentary?
2: Actually it's on p- people can go to superhumanfilm.com. Okay. okay, good. But it is also going to be on Gaia. Oh, I'm so glad yes, to hear that. Yes. It sounds like a perfect
1: fit for the yes, Gaia audience. Yes. I'm so glad. Yes. Well, I'm glad you worked something out with them.
2: Yes, that absolutely. Great. And and uh, like I said, the the film is not just inspirational, but it's practical. Yes. so people can go out and just try these things So that's why it. I'm very excited. <laughs> that,
1: you should be excited I love it and so should everybody else because I researched this without watching the film first so oh, I'm, okay. so I'm excited because I get to have this new experience myself.
2: Awesome uh, The website is Superhumanfilm
1: Superhumanfilm.com
2: Superhuman yeah and actually uh, on the website they will see courses if they want to yeah, yeah. on uh, telekinesis o- Omnium Universe. Or both both okay good but superhuman film is the film okay. and the classes the blindfold okay. classes yeah. we taught a blindfold series uh, online to adults uh, and to children so if yeah. people want to learn they can do it if they want to do telekinesis remote viewing all of that is on the website as well
1: good yes. excellent so you have all <laughs> kinds of tools where well, you're a generous soul and you're a wonderfully curious soul And that allows all of this to come forward. So thank you for making it available to all of us. And thank you for
2: being here. Thanks for having me. This was (laughs) awesome. Yeah, it
1: was really good. So this has been a really meaty conversation, lots to think about, lots to take home. Uh, To learn more about Carolyn's work, you can go to, as we said, superhumanfilm.com or omniumuniverse.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on Open Minds.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.